Hello, welcome back to another episode of Pastor Vic's Nuggets of Truth. Quick reminder, check out my website at pastorvic.com for free resources. For much of the last year, our focus has been on seeing Jesus through the Gospel of John. And we looked at the seven I Am statements. We looked at the seven miracles of Jesus in John's writing. Today, I want to take a look at a phrase that Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega, which is found in the book of Revelation. The descriptions of Jesus that the Bible writers use tell us much about the character and the nature of Jesus and how we should see him or how we should view him. The book of Revelation is the last book of the New Testament and it's largely prophetic in nature. Most of all, most of it, I should say, describes what's called the end times. Theologians have a technical term for this. They call it eschatology. And eschatology is defined as that part of theology concerned with the death, judgment, and the final destiny of the souls of all of mankind. Now, prophecy is always forward-looking. And the prophecy is the, is the revelation of God's will. And that's important to understand. It's not, it's not, it's not fortune-telling. It's, it's basically stating what God will do. And, uh, and so, so prophecy is always easier to understand looking back on an event than before the fulfillment of the prophecy. In other words, prophecy can be a little bit challenging to fully understand. As a matter of fact, Jesus would often say to his disciples, and here we go. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. That was John 16, verse 4. Now, I say all of this to remind you that the book of Revelation is primarily prophetic in nature and can be somewhat difficult to understand because it speaks of future times and events. However, the one thing that we can be sure of is that Jesus is at the center of the book of Revelation and the end times. How Jesus is described helps us to see how awesome and powerful he is. I'll tell you, isn't it wonderful to know that that same Jesus lives in us and through us by the Holy Spirit? The phrase that I want to look at is the, is the phrase the Alpha and Omega. And in a vision, John and describes Jesus as the Alpha and the Omega. We see the term used in the following verses. That's Revelations 1.8, 1.11, 21.6, and 22.13. Now, the words Alpha, or I should say the word Alpha, is the first letter of the Greek alphabet. And the, and the word Omega is the last letter of the alphabet. In other words, Jesus is the beginning and the end of all things. He was in the beginning with the Father he, who created the world, and he will be at the end when the world as we know it will be destroyed and a new heaven and earth is established. Several places in the New Testament show that Jesus existed before he came to earth. He's the Alpha, the beginning. Remember when Jesus walked the earth, he was God incarnate, God with flesh on which means he took on an earthly form. Listen to what Jesus said. He said, And now, O Father, glorify me together with yourself 
with the glory which I had with you before the world was. That's John 17, 5. This verse alone should be enough to convince us that one of the, of the eternal nature, past, future, and present, of Jesus. But this is actually just one of many passages. Jesus himself plainly taught his own existence with the Father, even at creation. Look at John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word, capital W, that's Jesus, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. How much more evidence does one need? But the, for, the skeptic, for the skeptics, I should say, there are the following passages. Jesus said that he existed even before Abraham's birth. In John 8, beginning in verse 58, Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. See, that was 1,800 years, almost 2,000 years before Abraham uh, and so, uh, clearly, uh, God, Jesus existed before we knew him as Jesus Christ on earth. In Romans 8, 3, uh, it says, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. You see, Jesus was sent by the Father. Therefore, he was originally with the Father. He is with the Father. And again, we see in Galatians 4.3, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those, that's us, who were born under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. And then again, in Colossians 1.16, For by him all things were created, speaking of Jesus, that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Uh, that's, that's a powerful passage of Scripture, and I encourage you to just read that and study it, because, it, again, it speaks about the fact that Jesus was always present. He's, he, he didn't just appear on earth some 2,000 years ago, uh, uh, but he, 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 is, he is what we call, he, he is pre-existent. He, 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 he was in the beginning. Uh, there is no beginning, there is no end for him. Then in Hebrews uh, chapter 1, verse 2, the scriptures say, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in the time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these days, or these last days, spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. So these scriptures or these passages of scripture are just a few of the many that point to what we call the pre-existence of Jesus Christ, who is our personal Savior. And then there's the end, the Omega. Just as Jesus was at the beginning of creation and our creation, 
He'll also be at the end of all things. I take great comfort in knowing that when I take my last breath, I will see him face to face. You should also take comfort in that truth, which we find in 2 Corinthians 5, 6. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. But we are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. Simply put, when we reach our end, we will start anew, face to face with Jesus. Hearing the words, well done, good and faithful servant. That's from Matthew 25, uh, verses 21 and 23. Jesus is also present at the end of time. At the end, there are two judgments described in the scriptures. One is called the judgment seat of Christ. That's also called the Bema judgment. And that's for believers. And they get, they get, they get judged for their works. This is, this, and then there's the, the white throne judgment, which is for non-believers. Now, the judgment seat of Christ, uh, the word seat is there in the original Greek is the word Bema. That's why sometimes we hear it phrased as the Bema judgment. But in any case, this judgment is reserved for all believers, but it's not a judgment of condemnation. Remember Romans 8.1, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. See, this judgment is for rewards based on how we live our lives. In 2 Corinthians 5, beginning in verse 9, the scriptures say, Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him, to Jesus. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Then the Apostle Paul gives uh, an illustration of this judgment in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse 12. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, because it will be revealed by fire. And the fire will test each one's work, of what sort it is. If anyone works which he has built on indoors, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But here's the important part. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. See, I can hope you can see that, that this judgment is for blessing and rewards in heaven and, and not about condemnation. You know, it's, it's, we need to realize that our lives, uh, as, we, as we live our lives, as we live our lives for Jesus, those are the precious stones, the gold and the silver. Silver. But when we live our lives just to please ourselves, that's the hay, wood, and straw, or stubble. And in the end, all that stuff will burn up. But what we've done in the name of Jesus will last for eternity. As I said, there's two judgments, and there's also something called the white throne judgment. This is the judgment of wrath, which is poured out on the unbelievers for, at all times, or for all times. This will take place at the end of time after, you may recall these names, the beast, the antichrist, and the devil are 
cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. Revelations 20, 19. That's where that's from. Listen to these verses from Revelations 20, verses 11 through 15. And in a vision, John says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him, capital H, capital Jesus, who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, the small, the great, standing before God. And books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it. Death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them. And they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And this is the important part. And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. It's clear that as believers, our name is written in the book of life. And so we, have, we will never face that white throne judgment as believers in Christ. But our judgment will be at the Bema seat, the, the, the judgment seat of Christ, which is for rewards. The scriptures clearly speak for themselves. No unbeliever escapes the white throne judgment. But as I said, we can rest in assurance because we are his and we will be safe. The truth should also make us aware of our responsibility as Christians to share the good news of the gospel whenever and wherever, whenever we can. There are also other names that describe Jesus in the book of Revelation. Uh, he's described as the Almighty One in Revelations 18, uh, uh, which means that there is no authority greater than He and no power greater than Jesus. Jesus is described as the King of Kings in Revelation 17, 14, and also in Revelation 19, 16. Jesus is also described as the King of Kings in, in 1 Timothy 6, 15. The meaning is clear. There, was no, there is no one greater than our King, King Jesus. And then in, John, in I should say, in Revelation 19.11, Jesus is called faithful and true. Jesus is faithful in that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Our salvation is guaranteed. We can trust in his faithfulness because Jesus is the embodiment of truth and he cannot lie. In closing, let me just uh, uh, quote to you from, from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And this is, uh, this is from the writings of the apostle. Well, we don't know if it's Paul because it's in Hebrews. We're not sure of the author. But it says in, in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I hope you can see how we could rephrase this verse to say, looking unto Jesus, uh, the Alpha and the Omega of our faith. In other words, Jesus is the foundation of our faith and in Him alone. As believers, scriptures tell us that He has given us a measure of faith to begin with. He's the Alpha. And He will complete our faith when we look to Him, the Omega. Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of this very thing, 
that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. When we continually remind ourselves of the fact that Jesus is the rock of our foundation in Christianity, our confidence and our faith will begin to grow. Will begin to grow. And this is so important when we face the trials and tribulations of life. Here's some advice. Instead of being anxious, fearful, or panicking, focus on Jesus and remind yourself that Jesus is greater than the problem you face. Too many times we focus on the problem or the devil instead of the one who loved us, gave his life for us, and rose again so that he could send his Holy Spirit to us. We serve an awesome God, and you are an awesome person because of Jesus, your King, the Alpha and the Omega. Heavenly Father, I just ask you bless every listener, bless everyone who's watching this video. Lord, just, just cause them to understand the, 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 the tremendous love that you have for them and how you want them to be successful in this life successful in representing you. And Lord, that there's a reward for every believer. And so Father, I just, again, we just thank you for the opportunity to, to bring this message. And Lord, that it, it would encourage those that are listening. Brothers, sisters, be encouraged. God loves you. And he wants the best for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hope to see you the next time. Be blessed.